The Waddle and Sylvie podcast is brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Sign up using promo code WMVP at sportsbook.draftkings.com. Yeah, just got to have belief. You know, you got to have belief in each other. You got to have belief in the coaches, belief in the players, belief in the man sitting next to you. And, you know, the work that we put on, you know, every single day and uh, knowing that we're going to get better and uh, knowing that, you know, History shows you that in the NFL, if you if you do that, if you're able to have the stamina to push through obstacles and push through adversity, good things are going to happen. And there's countless examples of that uh, in the history of the NFL. Um, you know, our 2018 Colts team was that way, right? We were one in five, right? And everybody was looking at us like, you know, not a very good team, right? And you just keep doing right over and over again, one play at a time, and then you you run off nine nine in a row or whatever that might be. And, you know, this team is different, but, you know, we'll see where it is. But it's it's about being a group that's determined, that's focused, right, that has the stamina to push through adversity. But you got to do it together because you got to play better complementary football together, offense, defense, kicking. And but again, it still comes down to the individual man focusing on his details at his position to making sure he's got those right. And then the position group, then the unit, then the team. And as Bears fans, we all get shot. Right? Isn't that how it goes? Isn't that how it goes? A good reference right there. I mean, isn't that You're the right. music? Isn't that the music yes. in the last right. episode Absolutely. of The Sopranos? You could either think of The Sopranos or you could think of The White Sox. You, you choose which, whichever one you want. You can think of the glorious 05 season, or you think, can think about the well, parallel parking going on based, of the Sopranos, and then it going to black. Based on and, the first three weeks of the season, I'm leaning Sopranos. Yeah, I think that probably, you know, but Tony led a good life, and the prophet, this, this Bears team has not led a good life. But well, Tony had demons as well, well, well though. Demons. I mean, there were some ups, but there were some downs know, as well. I, d- downs, that was a right. roller coaster of a life that Tony led. Would you say that the Bears' last decade has been like Tony Soprano? Oh, I think there have been you, many more lows than highs. Would you rather have lived like Tony Soprano in the last 10 years or the Chicago Bears? I would have rather lived like Tony Soprano. Full debauchery. Yes. Um, it's better to have lived. What is it better to have loved and lost than to have never loved at all? Isn't that the same? Yes. Shakespeare. Thank you. Tommy Shakespeare. It's Bill. Bill Shakespeare to you, buddy. But what does that have to do with both the Bears and Tony Soprano? I don't know. I was Who's just trying loved to the most out of those two? Um, probably Tony. Yes. Tony has. Yeah, sure. Hence the reason why I said fade to black. We all get shot. It's a good reference. It really, that was a very good reference. <laughs> Oh, he's got to grow the man. That sounded very Trestman-like. Well, who was grow the man? Which coach of ours was growing the man? I think it was Bill Dooley, wasn't it? Back in the forties. No, Bill, it's Trestman. I don't did know. Trestman was he was all about growing the man, yeah. wasn't he? From yes. the back of the room. You got to grow the room, the man from the back of the room. You got to grow the room from the back of the man. Exactly. That's basically what what you would get from from Trestman, right? Did he say we're going to have a team that is selfish and undisciplined? That's right. That is right. That you should have. That should have been clue number one. That that right now that poo was going sideways. We, we, we had one guy who uh, wanted to to uh, was selfish and undisciplined. We had another. We're going to have a team that's selfish and undisciplined. How can you even? How does that come out of your mouth? Introductory press introductory, conference. Hey, I the, get what he was trying to say, but how do you even make that mistake? Another guy wanted to buy us some penis and cracker jacks, <sighs> and that was another warning sign at uh, the Cubs game. These are our Bears coaches. Yeah, it's true. I mean, like if you're standing and you're giving your wedding vows, like I mean how. 
How do you butcher it like the, the like Tressman butchers it? We're going to have a team. We're going to have a team that's selfish and undisciplined. Do you? Do you take this woman to be your lawfully wedded wife? No, I think she's a hooker. No chance. Like, how do you make that mistake? She keeps asking for penis and uh, cracker jacks when we go to the ball game. I'm just saying, like, honestly, how do you make that? I, I mean, like, I know this is We're going to have a team old, that's selfish and undisciplined. How does that come out of your mouth? What was the warning sign with Paul's? Valus Jones? <laughs> we're going to draft Valus Jones? I mean, like, look. As our first offensive guy we're drafting? Like, look, we have no wide receivers? Give me some Valus. And you, and you want to know why Meller and I hit the, the Tylenol bottle yesterday <laughs> after the show? My God. It's week four. You still have a headache. I do have a headache still. It's a bear's ache. It is. Like, I mean, look, it would be different if I didn't give a rat's ass. I know, right? I could just tuck it away and just go the other direction. This has harmed you. I know. It It has. It it, it stinks. It's harmed all of us. uh, No, of of course. We we just wanted some fun. Like, we weren't, uh, you and I were not asking for much. We were asking no. for eight wins. We're asking a bridge to next year. Yeah, a bridge to next year. A step forward. This isn't even a step sideways. This is in pretty much every aspect. This is a step back. Yeah. Oh, there's no doubt about it. Name one one area where you feel like there has been any progress at all. I mean, Cairo Santos is still kicking the ball through the uprights when given the chance. Roshan Johnson, I think, has done some decent things when given the opportunity, but the, nobody else the, has the, made the Bears, progress. The Bears' leaning running back doesn't even have 100 yards rushing in three games. Khalil Herbert has like 93 yards or something like that. I, I was reading to Darnell Mooney has like four catches on the and year for all, 53 yards. They all came in week one. He's had one target the last two weeks. Like, they don't. They're not using Darnell Mooney. He was a guy who, Look, they, who had I, a I, thousand yards receiving. I can tell you by watching the film on the, you know a day or two later, they are forcing Chase Claypool upon the offense. Why? I don't know. Because we made a bad trade. That is a really good question. Because when I watch now, I'll say this: his effort is significantly better than you saw in Week One, but his performance doesn't move the needle. It. I'm sorry. It, you, there's there's no needle moved. By watching Chase Claypool play right now, like make a play that that play, I think in a nutshell defines his time in Chicago. The one in the middle of the field, Justin drops back, reads the play correctly. He puts his hand in the air. He's got a physical advantage over the cornerback. Had it boxed out. Had him boxed out. Is it the world's greatest pass? Did he hit him in stride? No, but that's that's totally a fine throw. It's totally acceptable where that ball was thrown. It's the right read. It's the right throw. Your six foot four wide receiver's got to jump up and catch the ball. Make a play A for yourself. You're in your contract year. I mean, whatever motivates you, use it. Make a play for your quarterback who has no confidence and is frustrated beyond belief. Make a play for your offense, your entire offense that hasn't really done much of anything. Be the guy that provides a spark. And what happens? Nothing. He plays. He plays smaller and slower. Than his measurables. And again, like, uh, look, I'm not trying to get personal. I think his effort was, has been very good the last two games. He's just not a difference maker. No, we've seen that since the moment he arrived. He plays smaller and less physical than his measurables now, since now, he got here from you, Pittsburgh. You know what happens? The, I'm sure they're sitting in films in Kansas City and they say, whoever that cornerback is, that's a great play. Well done. 
Do you know what we should be saying sitting and watching that film? Got to make the play. That's a, that's a very good catch. Fantastic play, Chase. That's what we traded the 32nd pick in the draft for. A guy to go up and make that play. Your quarterback is struggling mightily right now. Your offense is looking for an identity. You are looking to reestablish yourself as a viable obj- uh, uh, of, of, of viable receiver in this league and possibly sign a, 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 a very handsome wide or a free agency contract. You got to go out and make the play. Like, there's so many player mistakes out there that it's, it's, it's just insane. Come at. I, Cole's a wonderful young man, but there's like he's not separating from anybody. He's not he's not threatening anybody on the field right now. Uh, look, Fifty million dollars. Br- br- briefly, I will tell you this: like the first half of that game, I I, I looked at the game and, and and I forgot that the interception was thrown in the first half, and that's one of those reads that you're just asking yourself, what are you looking at? Throw the stick route to your tight end or lead your receiver. You just can't make that throw. Other than that, like, this wasn't just in, with quarterback malpractice. Nobody's open. And when you face an, a defense, like, uh, the Chiefs, to me, they were physical. They played some man. Maybe it was two man with guys over the top, but they were running with the wide receivers. Like, as an offensive coordinator, when your guys aren't winning off, or you're not winning one-on-one situations, man-to-man situations, then you got to help them out. Bunch them up. Pick, rub, do whatever you have to do to create opportunities for your guys to get open because you line them up, two over here and one over here, and they're manned up, and the Chiefs are getting the best of you. Nobody's open. Like, this was not an example. We, uh, the first half of this game, I know everyone's down on Justin in the second half of the game. He missed a couple of reads. Yes, he threw the interception. Has he made the progress? We all hoped no. The first half of this game was not about Justin Fields dropping back and holding the ball too long. Nobody was open. The routes weren't creative enough to get guys open. Guys are too sticky. Chase Claypool can't make that, that catch. DJ Moore he throws a very one. good ball finally to the outside, and DJ makes the drop. And the very next play, Justin throws the interception. Interception. It's not working. It's like a concert that nobody's on the the right note. Mm. Nobody's hitting the right note. Like I thought that the, the the quarterback mistakes were significantly more egregious against Tampa Bay and against Green Bay than they were yesterday. Yesterday. I looked at that film, and on both sides of the football, the, the, the Kansas City Chiefs, and this will come as no surprise, top to bottom are so much better than our team and the guys that, that we're throwing out there. It's, it was like pros against it was the like, JV. Yes, it was like, it was like the, the varsity versus the freshman team. And it's the, the right tackle can play. That kid's going to be right. fine. That kid's going to be fine. I still am a huge believer in DJ Moore, but I'm not going to make excuses. DJ Moore needs to make that catch. DJ Moore, to me right now, looks like a guy who's just as frustrated as his quarterback. I think DJ, you know, again, I think he's their, their best player on their entire team. I'd like to see him play with a little more burst and a little, even a little more fizz. Go out there and play angry. I'd like to see him play angry. And you know what's depressing to me about DJ Moore? 
is that you, like it, it, you said in Game Three, it looked like they've brought DJ Moore down. It, that to me was the impression I got from sitting in my chair watching the film on my computer. He looks like a guy that the frustration has overwhelmed him at times. DJ Moore has been in a bad situation in Carolina, playing for a bad coach in Matt Rule, playing for bad quarterbacks in Carolina, many different quarterbacks in Carolina. Yet he still put up numbers. Yeah. Yet the Bears are the team bringing him down through only three games. That, to me, speaks volumes. Yeah. That This is a guy who still has produced and put up numbers and was able to get his uh, through, through despite bad situations and bad quarterbacks and bad coaching uh, in the years in, in Carolina. But the Bears are the team to bring him down. I didn't watch a lot of Carolina football. I don't know how many times... Over the last few years, he would run routes and would be clapping his hands, begging for the football, or his shoulders would slump because he's he's wide open and the quarterback's not looking at him. But you've seen a little bit of it early here. Now, again, I'm, I, I think the world of him is a player. I just think that he is showing signs of frustration much in the way that you see from he the quarterback had, and others. He had Darnold, Baker Mayfield, and P.J. Walker last year throwing him the ball, right? Yeah. For, for Matt Rule? Yeah. Um, let's go to Bob in Wildwood. You're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Bobby? Yeah, you guys were talking earlier about uh, these statistics for new quarterbacks, two years, three years in the league, 300-yard games. Justin Fields doesn't have one. I mean, the headlines are terrible. How do you how do you even get a guy like that to overcome what he sees out there and sees it himself? Do you, do you sit him down and – Make him watch Cool Runnings or Miracle, or do you bring in Tony Robbins? Like, what do you do? I I don't see how this guy gets over it. it, it they're in a tough spot right now, and this is what I said last week, Bob. Look, they they need to try to help him get some confidence. So do go back to doing some of the things more frequently that he did well last year. Do some combi- some uh, some some design quarterback runs. And by the way, at the end of the day, he had 11 carries and 51 plays. So 20% of the offensive plays, he actually had the ball in his hands running. Get him out on the edge. He's much more confident. He's much more accurate when he's out on the edge. They did not the move the pocket, though. They moved it a couple times, but maybe not enough. The point is, is look. What you have to do is getting confidence. Can you beat better teams cutting the field in half and doing that? No, you can't because you put an artificial ceiling on your on your offense. But what you can do is get your quarterback some confidence and erase some of the frustration. And then when some of that confidence builds by modifying your offense, then you go back and you reinstall some of your other pocket passing plays. That's my humble opinion. Right now, there is no confidence playing from between the, the tackles playing in the pocket. So try to do some more stuff that gets him some confidence. And again, you're not going to be better teams doing that consistently. But at the moment, you have a crisis of confidence. You need to focus on that. Get him back on the right track in some minor way. And then you can go back and try to broaden the approach. But look, I mean, at the end of the day, going back to what he felt comfortable in last year, Led to three wins. You didn't score more than 21 points on, from week 11 on. And they were the worst passing team in the NFL by a large margin. Mm. You have to be able to do all of it at an effective rate or you just, you're not going to win more than you lose. Joe and Lindenhurst, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Joey? Hey, uh, thanks for taking a call. Love the show, fellas. Um, seriously, um, I'm a retired uh, Army officer. 
and I can tell a bad leader a mile away, and Matt Eberflus has all the hallmarks of that. And you need you need to take quick action now. And and the key to leadership is you have to hold your people accountable. Yes. Um, you guys have been saying it all day. The sloppy play, poor route running, lack of effort, that's all hallmarks of no no one's holding these guys accountable. It's a leader the, has to be one of two things. He either has to be respected or feared. And right now, Matt Eberflus is not respected or feared by his team. And the key was, I saw this in training camp when I heard, I forget who, who mentioned it on which show, one day 20 guys were out with you know injured or didn't practice, and the very next day, 16 guys didn't practice. And what does Eberflus tell you at, in the press conference after this last game? Well, we haven't been able to uh, practice or uh, we haven't had the full team together. Well, whose fault is that? That's yours, uh, Mr. Eberflus. I would love to see them go and get Eric Bieniemy, And we couldn't be worse because we are terrible. I would Thanks, say, fellas. Joe, I, to your point about leadership and holding people accountable, that's the, 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 to me, the best example of that is what we played you in crosstalk about Chase Claypool. It's okay to say Chase has got to make that play, period. You don't have to try to reword the description of short arm because you think it may be offensive or hurt right. someone's feelings to say he's got to high point it. How about use your six foot four frame and your fantastic, marvelous athletic ability and make a play for yourself, your quarterback, and your team? Chase has to make that play for us. DJ Moore's got to make that catch on the sideline. They both know it. Right. Or, or putting 12 guys on the depth chart or introducing 13 guys for opening day because you're scared of hurting someone's feelings. Hey, I don't. Like, you don't have to coach like Ditka. It's 2023. Like, no one is asking for old school 80s football. No. There's a way to do it, though, these days. Just hold someone accountable by That's simply it. saying, how about this? This is all you need to say. Chase needs to make that play. Right? Yes. I mean, oh, like, of course, yeah. That's that, a, that we all need to be better. Right. And, he needs and, to make that Chase, play. Chase would be the first one to say, maybe he wouldn't, though. Maybe Chase wouldn't tell you. Well, the, he then needs that's to make on that play. him. Right. And, and if his feelings are hurt by that statement made by your coach, then then he's probably not a guy that is going to be part of your solution. I, I, think, I think we know that, though. Uh, Eric and Berwin, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Eric? Hey, guys. I'm calling back. So, um, first of all, I love that last caller because he's kind of hitting on the same points that I was hitting on. I called you guys before. We were, I was telling, telling you about Eberfuss. This was before the season started this year. I told you this is not the guy to get us to where we need to be. I said that from the beginning. I was at the game um, sitting, in the, uh, sitting in pretty good seats. I was on first level right behind the goalpost, and uh, I watched everything. So, I saw that that team, a lot of people saying that this team has no talent. This team has talent. I watched those guys out there. If I'm not mistaken, they're all, they all played in college level. So these guys that have talent, they have a bad leader right now. Because the reason why I'm not point Justin Eberflus, because Justin threw some bogus balls as well, and I saw that firsthand. But the crazy part was that, you know, when I was watching it, it's like they are not – they're not coming with an attitude. And the attitude comes from the coach. It comes from the leader. Uh, I want to tell you one more thing before you guys get me off. 
Uh, second no, 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 no. Wait a minute. What? We will not what? do any such thing. Okay, okay, okay. okay. So, phrasing okay. here. Phrasing, yeah. That's okay. Okay, okay. So um, the other thing that was good, I enjoyed myself, enjoyed the barbecue, loved the, uh, you know, being out outside the, um, outside the stadium. Um, I ran into uh, Connie Payton. Uh, Brittany Payton and uh, Jared Payton's uh, son, we took a photograph together. That made my day. I didn't even care if they won or lost at that point. And I had my uh, Walter Payton jersey on, so it was excellent. Great family. That, that is the yeah. that, no doubt, yeah. and that's the highlight of what otherwise would have been a horrible day. Yeah, I, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. exactly. Those were the best jerseys I saw. I, I every time I see someone, and I saw a bunch in Kansas City. I saw a bunch of Bears fans, but when I see the sweetness jerseys. And I, I, I met uh, a family from Chicago who love our show. Um, and and um, a guy and a, a man and a woman who are getting married, their fiance, how, how do you say? Like a guy, they're not married yet, fiancés? Is that how you would phrase they're it? They're engaged. They're engaged. Two people yeah. are engaged. Yeah. Uh, one, the guy was wearing a Hallis jersey. I've not seen the I number not seven Hallis jersey much. Um, so I love the old school jerseys. But... I got to tell you, Waddle, it was, despite the outcome and despite the horrible, horrible game, the... Otherwise, it was a pleasant experience? You played there, right? Yes, it's a fantastic you, one place. One time? I think once, yeah. And, and it, Loud is all get Loud, out. loud. And, and, like, probably wasn't as loud as if it would have been a close game in the third or fourth quarter. Um, the, the seats that my family had were second to last row. You got the Jordan Love uh, treatment. Uh, up in the corner. I was in the booth for the first half and through halftime. So the this, the only silver lining to them getting their ass kicked was after halftime, they came down to the, the, um, the concourse to meet me after I was done. And so many people had left after it was 34 to nothing. We met up with, with the White Claw people and, and some of the other people from the radio station that when we started looking for seats midway through the third, Everyone left. So we sat then behind the end zone mid-third, and we were like in the 25th row behind the goalposts. And then at the start of the fourth, everybody cleared out. We sat in the first row behind the goalposts. Perfect. So in the fourth quarter, it was basically preseason football. We, we, we sat in the first row in the end zone. Something tells, me you would, something tells me you would have rather stayed in the second to last row and watched yes. the Bears win. But yes. Yes. if, in fact, they are going to get boat raced, you just might as well find yourself in the first row behind the goalpost. Did Carmen tell you this, the um, combined scores? You know the games that I've been to, the two games that I've taken Mason to. Oh, my God. So the first one was the blowout in Tampa. Yes. So I've taken Mason now to two games. This was Braxton's first road trip to a Bears game. I, I took Mason to the Tampa game two years ago against the Bucks when Tom Brady threw his 600th touchdown pass. This was Patrick Mahomes. Because I want to go on good road trips. I want to see good players um, so they could say, hey, I saw Tom Brady play in person. I yeah. saw Patrick Mahomes play in person, but I also saw the Bears play. So, look, it's buyer beware. I know it's got a chance to get a little bit ugly. I didn't think they would not compete. 
What do you think the combined scores? By the way, Patrick Mahomes threw for twenty five thousand yards in this quickest. game, right? Yeah, quickest the, the to get quickest to twenty five thousand. Yeah, I think Andy Reid also got to like fourth. Yes. in all time coaching yeah. wins. So you are, yeah, we're Yo, something we're else. Records, yeah, we're, we're seeing fireworks shows. Yeah. They're firing cannons. They're, they're shooting off fireworks. And boom, 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 left and right. And they were in the house when Taylor Swift was in the house. Yeah, I mean, like they are some memorable games they've taken to. Yeah. What do you think my combined score is taking Mason to two road games? It has to be like 85, 85. Bears, 85. 85 to 20. You're close. You're very, very close. 79 to 13. Okay. 79 to 13. Stop going to away, away games. <laughs> it's, it's you. Not, it's, it's you. not me. Really? No, really? Me? You're now the voice of the, the organization on the radio and they have gotten off to a historically bad start. It's them. And you're not it's gonna, not us. And you're not Ooh. going to assume any responsibility for this 0-3 start? No. Zero. Sounds like Waddle's calling for a ho- uh, pregame host change to no, me. No, I'm not. You I just, don't know about I'm that. Just, you're insinuating that, my I'm friend. What I'm saying is... Easy for the guy sitting on his, on his ass on his couch. No question. No question. My fault. You see the yeah. way they function up there and you're blaming me? What are you talking about at halftime these days? <laughs> oh, I we we were taking calls. You should have heard the calls this week. Oh boy, we'll take more of your calls this weekend too against the Broncos. Are you looking around while you're in the radio booth as they're making their statements and asking their questions to see if anybody's if listening? Anyone's coming to- up from behind me. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. More of your phone calls and some fun inside Waddle's World next. This is Waddle's World. And in Chicago, Tom Waddle. He can't run, he's not fast, but he gets open. Bears legend. Amazing. Nine career TDs in the NFL. He caught everything that was thrown and took every hit that they could give him. Tom Waddle. Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? It's time to find out what's on Tom's mind. Is that why you are here? As we go inside Waddle's World. Brought to you by our great friends and partners at Wintrust Community Banks. They are Chicago's banks. To find your nearest Wintrust Community Bank, visit Wintrust.com slash find us. Member FDIC. Uh, you want to take these calls or would you like a uh, little update on some other stuff? I'd like to do both. I'd okay. like to take with these calls. And by the well, way, what do you tra- got an update on? Travis Kelsey's jersey sales have spiked nearly 400% since Taylor Swift became part of the equation. He's getting more Instagram followers, everything. His popularity is going through like the roof. Did you like his outfit? I mean, like, he could get away with it. You and I can't. No, they were like jammies. I said yesterday to Meller, I thought it was quite presumptuous. They look like pajamas. Like, he immediately thought he was going to bed. I thought it was very oh. presumptuous of him. They went to a rooftop. Supposedly. I know, I saw that. You see, too, the Steelers landed in uh, Kansas City. Yeah, they had an emergency uh, landing, I believe, that they had, like, pressure in one of their engines. And then they just sat on their plane for hours. Like, why not go to a hotel and just chill out for a little bit? I'm not sure. Jets have signed uh, Trevor Simeon oh, to boy. their roster. I, we were just having this conversation at the break. Boy, I mean, Carson Wentz just must be toxic. Mm-hmm. He must be viewed as NFL poison. If, if you're a Jets fan, wouldn't this piss you off more? Signing Trevor Simeon as opposed to going out and actually making a search for someone who might give you a little something? Well, who? I mean, like, they, they're, they've they got to have someone who's willing to trade. Like, 
the, the Vikings won't want to trade Kirk Cousins until closer to the deadline, right? But then why bring in Trevor Simeon? What are you accomplishing with that? You're probably not. I mean, it's... I like Trevor. He's a friend of the uh, of the Waddle family, so I wish him well. I just don't know that that's the answer long-term for a Jets team that is reeling right it's now. It's not the answer for the short-term either. No yeah. offense to the Waddle family. No, no, tr- no, no offense to us. Um, I, did you hear what uh, Joe Namath had to say about... Zach Wilson. Joe usually will support anything Jets related. He's like, I'm out. Ship him out. Out. Didn't he? Jim McMahon tweeted uh, embarrassing about the Bears. Yeah. Just one word. Embarrassing. Well, I I mean, was he wrong? No. That's what we were all saying. Did you guys see the Zach Wilson sack where he he spun away from a defender and just spun himself down because he was like afraid he was about to be hit? It's an all-time classic bad move. Well, wait, but wait, the Deshaun Watson play was the yeah, worst play of the week. This is true. By the true. way, he had his best game as the Cleveland right. Browns quarterback. Yeah. But that play was just mesmer- mesmerizingly bad. Uh, do you have any guess as to where the NFL uh, ESPN has the Bears in the NFL power rankings after th- I four, saw the Athletic uh, power rankings. I have not seen ESPN. This is ESPN's power so, rankings. Where do you think they have our it, Chicago it, it's Bears? It's either last or second to last. Well, pick one. Second to last. Nope. Last. 30 last. seconds. I, on the Athletic, it was Denver was 32 and the Bears were 31. Uh, it's it's opposite on this ESPN. This is the toilet bowl game. Yeah. This is... Uh, Pretty much everywhere else that I looked had it the opposite. It was Bears 32, Denver 31. I mean, Houston and, and the Cardinals, have, in a matter of three weeks, have shown you that their upside is already better than the Bears. Both of those teams, most impressively, there are teams that are basically, you know, playing for the first overall pick. They're playing their asses off. The effort yeah, is unbelievable. Josh Dobbs. Yeah. Um, As Carm says, he landed in Arizona a month before the kickoff of the regular season. And has played a very efficient quarterback, and and they're playing hard. You get some uh, headphone stuff on your lip. Better? Let me see. Better? Yeah, got it off. Excellent. Thank you. Appreciate you. Um, and who was it? Oh, the Texans under D- D'Amico Ryan. Yeah, they're playing. They're playing hard as well. Very well, hard. He he's a guy. Even though he's a defensive guy, he's a guy, though, that brings guys together. Uh, you would think so. Yeah. He's, he's not a guy like, that guys he's are excited a, to play for. Not like a Nibroflus. Uh, you want to take these? Yeah. Sure. Um, you want to take Big C? Of course. Big C, what you got? You got are you on a good phone, and, and will you not swear? See, he's not. You know, I got. Answering. He does this all the time. Didn't he f word us last time? He he swore last time, and then when I put him on with Jesse, now he got it on this side. Oh, stop! Uh, and then he was on a bad phone. You know, Big C, you're as unready as the Bears, and you want to bitch and moan about the Bears, and he's as unready so. as the Bears. Rightfully so. But he's not. Is he not prepared? Did he have us on? Probably had us on speakerphone. Probably. I don't know. Maybe he fell asleep. He gone. Kobe uh, in Edgewater. It's 3.30 in the afternoon on a Tuesday. I I bet you Big C's got some sleep apnea and probably dozes off when he's not. Were you a sleep doctor? Yes, I'm diagnosing Big C with sleep apnea and probably dozes off during the day (laughs) when he's not expecting to. Where did that come from? Uh, That's that's what I'm guessing. Uh, Kobe in Edgewater. You're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Kobe? 
Hey, guys. Uh, so um want to talk about coaching here in Chicago. I mean, obviously, Everflus, he's not going to cut it. He's junk. And uh, I just can't believe that all the owners currently are missing the hard, fast rule of successful coaching in Chicago, and that is that the coach must have significant facial hair and preferably yes. a epic mustache. I mean, you go, get cut, Quinville, Bill Jackson, Ozzie Guillen, and even Joel Madden grew out the full beard when the Cubs won it. So, like, I know it's not, you know, the steadfast rule of instant success, Juan said, um, but, you know, it has to be a factor in who we're going to go with next, I think. Didn't Terry Bevington have a mustache? Gosh, I believe he I did, know. yes. I think so you're correct. So doesn't that, like, blow up the entire, the entire theory right there? I'm saying it's not the only factor, but it has to be in there. Okay. Like, you know, I mean, Nagy got close, but he just grew stubble. I mean, it's you have to go all or none in order to actually be successful. Like, Dave Wonset had one. He didn't cut it. But still, right. you know, it, it is a prerequisite. You think the cute hiring these clean-shaven guys that really are just, you know, crap in the bed every time out. Do you think that the, the cute play that the Chiefs were trying to run was, do you think that was a Nagy special? Remember when they, they threw back? They, they that, that was actually oh, yeah. a successful play, though. It ended it? up being, yes. But, but what's you, his but name I mean, was you, offsides again. Uh, yeah, Juwan Taylor. Tackle, yeah. Yes. But I'm just saying, do you think that that was like, it really looks like Andy's calling all the plays. Until but do you think that, that one was, do you think that one was, hey, coach, let's throw this was, one in. It was worked out beforehand, for sure, to kind of throw it home there. But, I mean, Andy's been calling the plays the entire time. So whoever he has under him, it's really, you know, they're just helping him build out what he's wanting to do. And that was evident when Nagy came with us. Yes, I agree. By the way, did you see that the Patrick Mahomes, they asked him about it. Is it important still to beat the Bears? And thanks for the call, Colby. He said, yeah, I still enjoy beating them. And, you know, referencing the fact that they passed him over. So he says, it's, yes, I still. Like, I'm sure he enjoys beating everybody. But there's a little extra something, a little extra juice to the game when he's playing the Bears. Like someone said to me that maybe they were nice to us as Bears fans because they know that the well, Bears That was, that was me. I was like, did, were was they patting you? you on your head knowing that you weren't going to? No, not that we weren't a threat, but oh. maybe we changed the course of their history. Okay. Think about that. Yes. Like, not only are we not a threat to them, but if the Bears would have taken them, the, what would the Chiefs be? Uh, Alex Smith may still be under center for Right. That. Or maybe Mitch. You really think oh, Andy Reid was taking oh, Mitch? Well, what, what do you think that would be? What, what would the, Who would they have? Sean Watson, maybe? Would you he think have, so? Maybe. I was told that they had, they had it, that, that, that they had it scouted correctly. <laughs> that they had Mahomes, Watson, then Mitch. Okay. And right. their concern with Mahomes was narrowly built. If Deshaun like, Watson had injuries. gone there, would they have won with, a Super uh, Bowl? Watson. Um, I don't know. It's I don't know. interesting. Uh, do you want to try him again? Yeah. Do you have sleep apnea? No, man. So What's up, though, man? See, you're on that Tim, speaker Tim, again. Tim, I can't, take us I can't do man. this. If you're not going to be ready or you're not going to be on speaker, if you're going to hey, be on speaker. I got a couple of things to talk about. Man, hey, can I, can y'all attest to this too? The physicality with the Bears is not there. You look at the other teams around the league. You got players going 200 miles per hour. These guys on that loafing. The only guy that was going hard with Stevenson, and look at him now, he got a concussion. 
I will say this, Big C, you have constantly hammered the concept of being good in the trenches, and this team has been dominating in the trenches on both sides of the football for several years. Yeah. And another thing, too, George is not fine, evil flu. What, you got two years left, 4.5 a year? No one knows. No, Nobody knows. Well, nobody's going to pay him golf. They're not going to pay him golf for two years. I, they, well, they better. Like, and then Wilbon has said that to us. If if they make the excuse that they don't want to pay a coach, you're going to have the same level of non success, yeah. and you're going to if you choose to draft another quarterback with a, a, a lame duck coach because you want to keep him an extra year because you don't want to pay him. It's it's it, you're you're just setting yourself up for failure. So, would you rather? Uh, pay off a coach for rather? two more years. Good would you rather. Yeah. And, and, like, line everybody up. Like, again, I said to Waddle this. Uh, another epic failure was no vision and understanding that Ted Phillips was going to retire in a year. And instead of just saying, Ted, you're retiring next year, we're going to get a new president. He's going to run the show of the coaching and general manager search. And, and that way, we're all going to be aligned. We're going to have a new president with a new general manager with a new coach. That way we don't have to bring in Bill Polian. That way we don't have to have Soup Campbell and a, a committee. We'll have a new president that we believe in. But instead, we've got a guy who's a year out from retirement running the show with a guy who's got no skin in the game in Bill Polian. And, and nobody, like, it, it, it's just so backwards. It's backwards. You let an outgoing president run point on hiring a new general manager and coach. And is it anyone surprised that 20 games into the new regime, we're already talking about it being a failure? Other teams may be able to take that approach and be successful, but this group has never proven to be able to be one of those teams that can do it. Nope. So. 312-332-3776. you have a headache yet? No, no, not yet. Look at you. I feel okay. And you got up early and so flew far. back in today. I did. It was 5 o'clock uh, wake-up call today. You'll have a headache. <laughs> Barstool Big Cat will pick us all up coming up at 4 o'clock. Really? Calling all rogues, legends, scoundrels, 19 crimes has the iconic wines you are looking for. You can follow the rules. You can do what you're told. You can toe the line or don't. 19 Crimes believes in breaking rules that deserve to be broken. From the bold red blend to the confident cab, which I love. Their flavors go against the grain. I love to sit on the couch and enjoy a game and open up a bottle of 19 Crimes wine, especially on a Thursday. My wife loves the Cali Rosé. Sauvignon Blanc is fantastic as well. Whether you're going to a party and you need to pick up something for the host, I suggest 19 Crimes Wine. So check out the wine aisle and start to find the rules with 19 Crimes today. Waddle said a bunch of his friends enjoyed it too this weekend. Enjoy responsibly 19 Crimes Wine and TWE Imports, Sonoma, California. Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Instagram at ESPN underscore Chicago. This is Waddle and Sylvie. Listen now in HD on our app and on ESPN 1000. You got your cowbell here. want to talk. Yeah. You know anything that will ease our pain? More cowbell. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's your chance to uh, weigh in on the Bears. We'll talk to Barstool Big Cat 10 minutes from right now. 
talking Bears. We're getting to some Cubs chatter, too, with uh, Barstool Big Cat. You a little nervous? Uh, yeah, this week. But look, he, he, if you told me at the beginning of the season that the Cubs would go down to the final week playing for a playoff spot, I'd say sign take me it. up. Yeah. Take it. Justin Steele's biggest start of his career is tonight. Bill and Grays Lake, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Billy? Guys, what's up? I love the show. Thanks for having me on. Um, I am just glad that finally, collectively, as a fan base, we are all together. Because the last couple of years of fighting the Justin Field believers is finally over. He's not good. He's a great kid, a great athlete. He's not the answer. Also, the leadership within the Bears is just not there. Who's our Olin Krutz? Who's inspiring these other players and holding them accountable? Nobody. I'm just sick of it. I have an answer, but I'm afraid calling out meatball fans is going to backfire as soon as I say it. I think the Bears need to bring in Fitzgerald to coach this team. I know there's a black cloud over him. He can bring talent out of people and make it happen. I know you're going to crucify me. Yeah, you're right. Name another guy. Name another guy who's available. I'll, I'll, I'll name 30 other guys before I name Pat Fitzgerald. Uh, no crucifying here. Oh, Maybe we'll just hate That was before not, this scandal. Like, I, no. come on now. I mean. You're wrong. You're wrong. He brings average college kids, and, and they win football games with athletes like the Bears have. He can bring that out of didn't them. Didn't they lose double-digit games? Yeah, they, they didn't win a game in the country last year. How many games have the Bears won in the last three seasons? Well, we asked you the question first. Yeah, How many yeah, games yeah, did they but, win? Yeah, we're looking for a solution, not what more of the same. Like again, like he is so a guy if, that was made perfect for Northwestern. I agree. It, like, it, like it was a perfect situation for for until everything came out. But he is not a, a, an NFL coach. But I think we need a coachy coach like him. Then, and I don't know anyone else that's out there that's a coachy coach. That can really pull out. I, look, these, I, these, I would tell you Jim Harbaugh is a significantly better option yes. than Pat. I I would not I would not disagree with that. I just do not see him leaving Michigan. I don't think that's realistic. I, uh, he may not. I, he may not. But like he was interested in, in in NFL teams last year or the year before. Was it two years ago when he was interviewing? And I think that there was some yeah, thought that sure. he would he want thought it. that the Vikings, he wanted job, the Vikings job. He thought he was going to accept it. Like. I, I need to know something, maybe from Waddle, but from both of you. Why don't the Bears utilize, and I know it's not everyone, but why don't we utilize ex-players more? It seems like that's a good idea uh, a little bit, maybe not all the time, but like Olin Cruz to me, I, I just find him fascinating. Like I think he's the football genius. I think you and should this- basically, I, listen, I, I think you should listen to a lot of people who have connections to the organization. And at the end of the day, you should have someone that you trust to make all of these decisions. Like, I, I would listen to different people. Um, I, I will go back to one thing that he said about leadership. Like, there's no question this team could use an Olin Krutz in their locker room. Yeah. Or someone on the other side of the ball and a, a Brian Urlach or whoever the, the, the leader is in that, in that room. I don't know. Was it Mike Brown? Was it Peanut Tillman? Was it Alex Brown? Was it Lance? Lance. Whoever it was. Like, this team not only, first of all, they need more talented players. But they also need somebody that uh, – I said this yesterday with Meller. Like, there's nobody in the building right now that you can look to in this type of moment for a sense of, of security or to be that beacon in a dark night. You know what I mean? Like, 100%. somebody that you can look to to rally the troops. And at the end of the day, maybe a lot of the comments fall 
you know, they become hollow. But right now, it doesn't seem like there's anyone that's willing to kind of take the role of, of being the leader of this group. And this team looks like they definitely need someone to do that. Stan on the south side, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Stan? Hey, how are you guys doing today? We're good. Thanks for having me on the show today. Sure. Okay, I want to. I want to know when are we as Bear fans? When are we gonna draw it online and just say it and just say it up with the crap that they give us every year? We were very excited this year because we thought the Bears were finally doing things differently. They said, "Okay, they, they bring the uh, uh, Kevin Warren in." We thought they were doing things differently. Okay, and it's the same crap every year, year after year after year. It's almost like being. Uh, being in love with a uh, young lady, and she keeps hurting you over and over and over again, and you keep going back. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. When are we, Bear fans, going to stand up and and and, 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 and demand a, be- a, be- a better situation? Or if we have to, we got to get another team in Chicago because this is the McCaskies. It's the same thing year after year after year after year, and I think we, as Bear fans, deserve better than that. And we have to come together. We have to figure something out because we shouldn't have to put up with this every year. What Cap said this morning was incredible about how the Kansas City fans felt sorry for him. They wanted to pat him on the back, pat him on the head because of how bad the Bears are. This is a national embarrassment. All right, guys, thanks for letting me talk. Stan, thanks. This is this is like the the off season. If this continues, that we're going to see if Kevin Warren flexes his muscle. Kevin Warren came in this off season with really no work to do because a new general manager, new head was coach, hired were there. in April, right? Yeah, I mean, right, right. So like the 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 groundwork had already been done with the new general manager and coach. Now, as the new president, with a, a horrible season, what will he do? Will he? And Ryan Poles, or will he be turned off by what Ryan Poles does? And will he clean house altogether? Like, that will will dictate if business is being done differently. So, I don't, like, I don't think it's fair at this point to say Kevin Warren's doing business the same. I think this will be an important offseason to see with Kevin Warren Look, if he conducts business the same way. Yes, if in fact the trend continues as it has you know, played itself out the first three weeks. If they don't make changes at the end of this season, then you can definitely claim it's business as usual. Yeah. If in fact this this trend continues throughout the course of the entire season and they, and they keep remain Eberflus, status, yes, yeah. and like like the Sox kept Eberflus, then then I will say it is you have my permission to be very scared. Yeah. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. We'll talk to Barstool Big Cat coming up next.